Welcome to Do We Know Things, a podcast where we examine things we think we know about sex. Content warning. This podcast will include discussions of pelvic anatomy, pelvic exams, and childbirth. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Lisa Don Hamilton, professor of psychology and sex educator. Today on Do We Know Things, what's a Kegel anyway? Media targeted at women, including magazines, YouTube channels, and TV shows, seem to regularly trumpet the importance of doing Kegel exercises. Does any of this sound familiar? It's called the Kegel, or you might hear it referred to as the Kegel. They're called Kegels, Jimbo. Muscles in the vagina. Every woman has them. Hi, ladies, and welcome to your Kegels morning workout. I'm going to tell them what it is. It's about the Kegels. That's right. Kegel exercises are the flexing and releasing of a specific set of muscles in your pelvic region. These exercises are supposed to strengthen the area around your vagina so that you don't pee when you sneeze, so your uterus doesn't fall out of your vagina after you give birth or when you hit menopause, and so you can tightly grip a penis inside of you. Or at least that last one is what my friends in high school always told me. So are Kegels the miracle exercise they're made out to be? And are cisgender women the only ones who are supposed to Kegel? Stay tuned as I talk to pelvic floor physiotherapist Katie Kelly about all things pelvic floor, including if we really need to do Kegels, some talk about childbirth, and peeing when we sneeze. That's coming up on Do We Know Things. But first... I got a voice memo from a friend and listener, Amanda, talking about episode six, the one called Who Wants Sex More? This episode so far has garnered the most feedback. Definitely check it out if you haven't already. So in the episode, I talk about the stereotypes around who wants sex more, men or women, and some of the social variables that might limit women from being as free with their sexuality as men. Here's what Amanda had to say about that episode. I just wanted to let you know that I'm just catching up on all of your podcasts. I kind of like to let them accumulate before I listen to them so I have a bunch to binge. Anyway, I just listened to the Who Wants Sex More one, and I thought it was amazing and super accurate. It's something I'm really heated about because I find there's a lot of misconceptions and just bullshit patriarchy stuff pushing forward that women don't want sex and all this. And as a highly libidinous woman, I find it's kind of rude. So anyway, I thought it was really cool how you uh, just kind of disseminated the topic and educated on it. Looking forward to the other ones. Yay! Thanks for sending in your thoughts, Amanda. I'm always thrilled to get feedback about any of the episodes. You can always email me at doweknowthings at gmail.com or send me a DM on Twitter or Instagram at doweknowthings. You can just send text or you can record yourself on your phone like Amanda did. I promise I will never share anything without your permission. So what and who is a Kegel anyway? Arnold Kegel was a dude, okay, a gynecologist, who described some exercises that could be done to strengthen the pubococcygeal muscles, which are that group of muscles that support our pelvic region. In my research for this episode, I found out from a Cochrane review on the topic that these exercises have been documented as part of Chinese Taoism for 6,000 years. In Western medicine, this type of exercise was described by a British physiotherapist named Morris in 1936, and then popularized for treatment of urinary incontinence by Kegel in the U.S. in 1948. The exercises became known as Kegel exercises, and then morphed into people just calling the muscles themselves Kegel muscles. 
So the actual name of the muscles is pubococcygeal, which you can abbreviate as just PC muscles, or you can say even more simply as just the pelvic floor. For this episode, Katie and I will mostly use the term Kegel because that's what people are most familiar with. We also use pretty gendered words in this episode, specifically using the word woman to refer to people with vaginas. Usually I try to use more gender neutral and anatomy specific language when I do these episodes, but because Kegel media is so targeted at cisgender women, we kind of defaulted to that language. I just wanted to point out that not all people with vaginas are women and not all women have vaginas. And without further ado, let's hear from the actual expert on the topic of Kegels. I'm joined today by Katie Kelly, who's a pelvic floor physiotherapist in Moncton, New Brunswick. Katie has a physiotherapy practice called Katie Kelly Physiotherapy, an online company called Motherhood Link for pregnant and postpartum women looking for online education around pelvic floor and core muscle issues. And she writes for the Canadian Physiotherapy Association's Women's Health Division newsletter. And full disclosure, I'm also working on a research project with her looking at ways to treat genital pain issues in new ways. And it's super exciting, I think. Welcome, Katie. Hi. All right, let's dive right in. So the topic of today's show is Kegels. Um, But before we get into that, uh, my first question is, you're a pelvic floor physiotherapist. What is pelvic floor physiotherapy? So that's a great question that I actually get asked all the time. Pelvic floor physiotherapy is kind of like normal physiotherapy, and that's how I started. But then I took a swift turn into the lesser known world of physiotherapy, where we're able to do internal pelvic exams. And that's really just our polite way of saying that we can do both vaginal and rectal exams on our patients. So I started out hearing about pelvic floor physiotherapy as a student, and I was interested that standard physiotherapy practices could help people with pelvic floor problems. I was a little bit irritated that not many of my classmates wanted to go down that route. Um, So that's what I did upon graduation. I started in pelvic floor physiotherapy and I really haven't looked back. Awesome. So would you say your classmates were squeamish about pelvic floor physio? Uh, I think to a certain extent, one of the lesser known things about pelvic floor physiotherapy is that for us to become certified, we have to let students practice on us. So I think that is a little bit of a barrier for having more pelvic floor physiotherapists in the world. That makes sense. I had known about pelvic floor physiotherapy a little bit through sexual health conferences, but I didn't really fully understand it really until I met you. And you're so knowledgeable and you keep up so much on the research and you're so good at educating me around pelvic floor physio that I just think it's so important and that more people should be aware of it. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So women are constantly told of the importance of doing Kegel exercises. Can you tell us what is a Kegel exercise? Sure. So so to understand how to do a Kegel exercise, I think you need to know what what a Kegel muscle is. And a Kegel muscle is lay terms for what we call the pelvic floor muscles. The pelvic floor muscles begin at your pubic bone in the front. They sling between your legs, kind of like a hammock, and they attach to the tailbone in the back. And when you do a contraction or a squeeze of these muscles, that's what people are generally referring to as a Kegel exercise. Okay. And I've heard the that to figure out if you're doing a Kegel, you should try to stop your urine during, like while you're peeing, try to stop it. Right. So that's a test of the front half of the pelvic floor muscle. I like to educate my patients that there's both a front half and a back half, because I do think in the media, if women hear about Kegel exercises at all, it is very vagina driven. So a lot of women will have an understanding of squeezing around the front, but sometimes we forget that there's a back half as well. So the way that I would usually teach a Kegel exercise is to tell, if I'm teaching a, um, a female, I tell them to 
pretend like there's a jelly bean in the vagina and one in the anus. Don't just squeeze your beans, lift them up to your eyeballs. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so with all this hype around Kegels uh, or pelvic floor exercises, do we need to do them? What is the purpose of them? Right. So the purpose of a Kegel itself is ideally to strengthen the muscle. Similar to a bicep muscle where you would do maybe bicep curls and you'd repeat those contractions, you're looking to cause um, a growth of the muscle. So you're looking to make it bigger, bulkier, and stronger. My caution with telling people to do pelvic floor muscle exercises, um, and in particular Kegels, is that strength if strength isn't a deficit, then doing more Kegels might not be the answer to your problem. So how do you know if strength is a deficit, or like if you need more strength or if you need maybe you're too tense or... Right. So the easiest way for me to tell is to do an internal exam on someone. So I can tell how strong someone is by putting my finger in and I can feel for the squeeze. I have lots of women that I would do an exam on who would have great ability to squeeze, but might still be leaking urine, which is something that we all tend to think about as being um, a sign of weakness, which may or may not be true. So it's difficult to say if someone has a strength problem or if they have a coordination problem. If you've got good strength, but you still only squeeze three seconds after a sneeze, a leak will occur. Mm. Those will often be the women that I hear say, I've done Kegels, they don't work. Okay. And so is that the main purpose for Kegel, like for strengthening those muscles is you're trying to stop peeing yourself when you sneeze? So that's one of the signs of someone who has weakness. Other signs can be um, that you have vaginal heaviness or you have uh, something called a pelvic organ prolapse is when, when the internal organs start to descend too low. Some women will have a poor endurance. So maybe they'll start to have the feeling like they have to urinate when they're halfway through a run or if they're mm. trying to do a bunch of jumping jacks. So there are different symptoms that we're looking for um, and whether they are demonstrative of having a weakness, a poor coordination, or even the opposite, which would be someone who's too strong or too contracted, um, becomes a little bit of a clinical framework that we have to work within. Okay. And you mentioned prolapse, and I wanted to come back to that a little bit because it's something that I've been aware of for many years and something that I'm very afraid of. Like this, to me, the idea of um, pelvic floor prolapse or what is, what is it, like vaginal prolapse or uterine prolapse? Um Correct. So prolapse is can be any of the organs. So you can have your bladder, you can have your uterus, or you can have the rectum come through um, and sit low into the vagina. And in some cases, it can come all the way out. And then you can also have a rectal prolapse, which is where rectal tissue will come outside of the anus. Okay. And so Kegels can help strengthen the muscles so that they stay, or the, so that your organs stay where they belong? That, yep. To a certain extent, that's what we're aiming to do. Great. So most of the stuff around Kegels and pelvic floor stuff focuses on women. Uh, what about men? Should they do Kegels? So we see men all the time in clinic. Typically, I will see men for strengthening and coordination training after prostate surgeries. So certainly they can start to experience urinary incontinence. Um, they can also have sexual dysfunction. So there's some evidence to suggest that if they have properly strengthened pelvic floor muscles, that they could have improvements with erectile function. All right. So does that men with prostate cancer surgery or all men could potentially improve their erectile function if they control their 
PC or their pelvic floor muscles? That is a very good question. (laughs) Typically, we see it after a prostate surgery, so Mm -hmm. the prostate cancer patients. Um, I find more often men have more difficulty in that they have the opposite issue and that they tend to have overly tight pelvic floor muscles. So I've certainly seen men who um, will co-contract their pelvic floor when they do abdominal muscle training. Okay. And they tend to present with more painful type situations. So they'll have testicular pain, penile pain, um, pain in the rectum or in the tailbone. But oftentimes that's more what I will see. All right. So it sounds like Kegels and all the hype around them is potentially true and that people should be doing Kegels. Um, what what level of Kegels or how often should people exercise the, their Kegels um, what would you suggest? I think it depends on the person, certainly. Um, and as I said before, if you're someone who actually has pain, then doing Kegels might be contraindicated. Right. So someone who has an issue where they're holding their pelvic floor muscles too high, too tight, guarded for too long, we don't want them to be doing more of it. It doesn't mean Kegels are bad. It's just that we might have to teach them to relax. And again, I equate this to the bicep or the arm. That's easier to visualize. If your elbow is always bent, I don't want you bending it more and doing more curls. We're going to teach you how to straighten your elbow first and then we can learn how to curl. So it's similar. And then with the Kegel exercise, what we really want to make sure is we kind of break it down into, is there good quality of strength? Do you have a good contraction? Is your speed of contraction appropriate? So can you can you Kegel to a maximum contraction quickly enough to catch a sneeze or a cough? <laughs> um, and then your endurance. How much strength can you hold over a certain period of time to get you through the activities that you want to do? So it ends up being very personal. If someone is a, an endurance athlete, my program for them is probably going to be different than someone who just needs to be able to lift something very quickly once. But generally speaking, how we train is that we want to incorporate the contraction and the relaxation because we believe that both of those are very important. And then we tend to bring in the breath. So as um, a way to introduce pelvic floor muscle exercises, the general core cylinder exercise that we give is inhale and relax. So you'd inhale, you drop your jelly beans, and then as you exhale, you lift up your two jelly beans. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting to Kegel while you inhale. It's just that tends to be the habit for a lot of people. So we want to make sure that you can Kegel in all of the ways. So Mm. we try to encourage people practicing with different breathing techniques. Also, a lot of women complain about leaking with a cough or a sneeze or a jumping jack. So a cough and a sneeze are exhales. If the only thing you can do is Kegel while inhaling, then we're really not training you for the problem that you're describing. That makes a lot of sense. Well, I think this has answered our question about Kegels. They are important. Um, different people might have different needs around Kegels, so it doesn't. It's not a universal. Everyone do Kegels all the time. Correct. Uh, let's move on to talk about public health more generally. And I know you do a lot of things besides just teaching people about Kegels. <laughs> uh, what do people need to know about pelvic floor health? Anything. <laughs> Everybody has a pelvic floor. Yay! <laughs> so a lot of people tell me, well, I don't have, I don't need to know about the pelvic floor because I don't have pelvic floor issues. We tend to see pelvic floor issues um, occur throughout a lifetime. So certainly I've treated young children who have a history of constipation or bedwetting. We see changes happen to the pelvic floor with hormonal changes. So puberty, women in pregnancy will have changes, and then certainly after birth as well. And then, of course, with menopause. And then anytime you might have an injury or a trauma to the area. So if you've had a surgery, if you've had a fall, if there's been a sexual assault, then all of those are prime examples of someone who could probably benefit for coming in for some sort of pelvic floor physiotherapy appointment. 
And I know you do a lot of work with pregnant people. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a bit about what you what the important things are or that what you often work with either um, during pregnancy or postpartum? So I think that in the pregnancy population, um, a lot of women have just the idea that Kegels are the only thing that they should be doing. When the research supports that for a decreased amount of perineal tear or tearing that happens in around the vaginal area and to decrease the risk of having to have an assisted birth. So that would be a birth where an episiotomy or a cut has to be made into the pelvic floor muscles or where they'd have to use forceps or where they'd have to use vacuum extraction, that we want to make sure women have a good understanding of pelvic floor muscle relaxation, right? We're trying to get a baby out of there. Um, And the other thing that's nice about learning about the pelvic floor during the pregnancy Um, period is that it can then be applied immediately after postpartum. So we know that women who come in and learn how to use their pelvic floor muscles when they're pregnant have a reduced risk of things like incontinence and prolapse after delivery. All right. That's very important to know. So when should someone see a pelvic floor physio? Like how does someone know when it's time or maybe they're having issues that are pelvic floor physio related that they might not even understand that they need to see a pelvic floor physio? Um, I think anytime, you're right, anytime that there's a symptom, then it's easier to treat something. In the medical health world, the sooner you come in, the easier treatment is, the treatment plan is going to be. So symptoms include the more well-known symptoms like leaking urine, gas, or feces, having vaginal heaviness, or seeing an organ protrude from vaginal erectile opening, but also things like pain with sex, if you're having discomfort in the whole pelvic region, if you feel like you can't do a contraction down there, if you have constipation, if you're someone who has hemorrhoids, uh, if there's a scar down there that needs to be rehabilitated. those are. If there's any symptom down there that you have a question about, it's probably better to get it checked out than to just let it stew there for a while. Is there anything else you'd like to add that you want the world to know about pelvic floor physiotherapy? <laughs> No pressure, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that it's something that we need to talk about. This is a taboo subject, so I find that it's not brought up very often. I think that women amongst themselves will sometimes make jokes about peeing their pants. I think they rarely make jokes about not being able to engage in intercourse, having pain with intercourse. I think that that's something that needs to have more awareness around it. I also think that uh, the hospital system should be giving out good lubricants to mothers after they have babies. Like I got books after I was discharged from the hospital and I just think they should be handing out lubricants. I think that there's a lot of myth around what a good lubricant is. And I would really, really love for you to do a whole podcast <laughs> just on the World Health Organization's uh, recommendations on lubricant. I but can do that. You can do that. Excellent. <laughs> But ultimately, if you have questions, please don't be embarrassed to ask them. And if you do try to ask to one health professional and you don't get the response that you're looking for or you feel that they're not well informed, then ask again from someone else. Well, thank you again. And where can people find you on the Internet? So you can find me at www.katiekellypt.ca. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. You're welcome to find me there. Or you can find our online education platform, Motherhood Link, at www.motherhoodlink.ca. And we're on Instagram and Facebook for that as well. Great. If anyone has any follow-up questions or feedback about this episode, you can also always get in touch with me at doweknowthings at gmail.com. And I can send Katie any follow-up questions that perhaps we could answer on the next episode. Absolutely. Thanks again for being here, Katie. Thanks so much for having me.
Every time I talk to Katie, I learn so much. After we turned on the mics, we actually sat for another 30 minutes talking about lube and other important knowledge for vagina havers. About 20 minutes into our post-recording conversation, Jeremy was like, damn, I should have kept the mics on. Yeah, it was fascinating. I learned so much. And I also learned that I just need to keep the mic on at all times. Noted for future reference. Okay, so I set out to discover what the deal is with Kegels from a pelvic floor expert. My takeaway from Katie is that I think it's pretty clear that pelvic floor muscles are really important, but that it isn't a one-size-fits-all approach to working them out. Getting to know your pelvic floor muscles and practicing both tensing and releasing them is important. If you have pain during sex, if you have a hard time maintaining erections, or if you pee tons of times a day, it could be that your muscles are too tense. This is common for anxious people who hold their tension in their body, like me. Most people can benefit from working out their pelvic floor like you would any other muscle in the body. And it can help during childbirth, after childbirth, and if you pee every time you sneeze or even lift heavy weights. You can find reliable information from pelvic floor physiotherapists on the internet, but I would also recommend that if you have any of the issues we discussed in this episode and you have the financial resources, try to visit a pelvic floor physio. They are so knowledgeable, and I've heard so many anecdotal stories from people who were helped immensely by pelvic floor physios after other medical professionals weren't able to help. I am a complete convert to the religion of pelvic floor physiotherapy. In conclusion, everyone has a pelvic floor, and everyone can benefit from getting to know that area better. Whether it's learning to relax or doing the Kegel exercises to strengthen the muscles, it seems like all those media articles were maybe onto something. That's all for this week's episode. If you have any feedback or peer review of this episode, I'm always excited to hear from you. You can send me a voice memo recorded on your phone or just a written email to doweknowthings at gmail.com. If you have questions, I will also forward them to Katie and answer them on the next episode. You can find a script for this episode with references and extra info on the website at doweknowthings.com. Thanks to Amanda Boss for sending in a comment about episode six. All music and sounds in this episode by Jeremy Dahl. Check him out at paleblue.ca. Script assistance by Matt Tunnicliffe. I'm Lisa Don Hamilton. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Do We Know Things, and you can email me at doweknowthings at gmail.com. Of course, I would love it if you would subscribe and rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time on Do We Know Things. Do We Know Things.